Welcome back to WKYT as Kentucky Newsmakers continues. Uh, again, this is the part of the interview we would have done if there weren't so many other things grabbing our attention around the world right now. Richmond uh, to the south of Lexington, just out like Georgetown to the north, growing very fast. Locals challenged to try to keep up, and Mayor Robert Blythe is joining us. And before we just dive into that conversation, one more thing about the COVID-19 response and situation. The Senior Citizen Center, yes. uh, under the suggestion, if not order, from uh, Governor Andy Bashir, yes. uh, is going to be closing to visitors That's uh, right. in Richmond for now. One of our most vulnerable populations, our seniors, who are a part of the programs there at the Active Living Center, we, we want to try to protect them. Again, as I said a moment ago, that we want to be sure that we provide situations, opportunities where they will be safe and their health will be of utmost importance. But there are some services that are provided by that center which are off-site. And even for those persons who are enrolled, and no cost, but who are enrolled in the programming and receive daily meals, that meal service will continue. And uh, they can. Eat, I think that some of that will be delivered. Uh, some will be for pickup. As That's we right. Understand yes. it. it uh, this involves about eight thousand meals a day across yes. the across the uh, country, yes. uh, the the state. All right. Uh, and you have. By the way, the, it's a beautiful new senior citizen center there, oh, it and is. people are just getting used to it. it and is. now they're kind of locked out for a while exactly. because of this uh, unfortunate and situation. I believe that the uh, attendance and participation have at least doubled. Now the center director says it's tripled. But folks would come in and see the place and just go wild and wanted to be a part of what was happening there. Mayor, it's a good challenge to have with growth and new businesses uh, moving in. Uh, but, you know, it's also a challenge to it's keep challenge. up with the new development and deal with pressure from some who want uh, annexation. Uh, what do you face right now in Richmond? Well, we uh, don't have so many annexation matters before us. There are a couple that are truly significant. and. Uh, we, we've been looking at them, I'll say it like that, because uh, there may be some changes in the approach of those who at first wanted uh, they thought to be annexed, but there, there are stipulations with the annexation. Uh, we are growing housing developments all over the place. It, it's amazing to see the building and the construction of businesses even. We uh, have in our industrial, and I want to be certain, that we understand. Yes, we talk a lot about our industrial parks. There are three of them south of Richmond, but there are at least three other industrial parks, I'll call them, but sites throughout our city that have been there for years. And I never want those folks to feel that we're focusing so much on new business, new industry, that we've forgotten those who have brought us thus far. So I make visits to them to encourage them. Our industrial development director goes by. He and I work so well together. I enjoy having David Stipes along. But we try to make sure because our existing businesses are expanding. David always reminds us that it is the expansion of the existing businesses that creates actually more growth than the coming of new ones. Let's talk about those neighborhoods again. First responders yes. will sometimes say that, uh, you know, it's happening so fast that they're unfamiliar with uh, with neighborhoods and uh, that have popped up so quickly. Georgetown's Mayor Tom Prather was with me uh, recently uh, and just said openly that they are not able to keep up uh, yes. with the growth in terms yes. of uh, uh, the, the police department size, first responders, and, and they have some other issues, water and uh, waste treatment and so forth. Uh, do you have similar concerns as the, as the growth uh, goes on in Richmond? We don't at this time, but one of the things we always stipulate when we annex 
is, uh, and it's a part of the document of, of annexation, that there has already been the kind of conversation that is necessary with our responders to be certain that we can provide fire protection, to be certain that we can provide police protection. Also with our utilities department, that the utilities are in order and will not tax the system as it now exists, or there are uh, plans for re renovating our existing system. But we have those conversations up front, and I appreciate again our department heads who are responsible for those things, making certain that the city is ready before we move into uh, uh, an area like that. In your State of the City address, you told uh, people that Richmond is on fi sound financial footing at yes. this time. In fact, indicated you have a, a considerable fund uh, yes. deposited. Uh, and uh, you also, though, said you have continuing concerns about the cost of pensions going forward. That's right. And that, that's one that stays, uh, for example, oh, about uh, six months or so ago, our finance director and our city manager got together and did some projections. Know, what if the 12 percent and then the 12 percent and so on for the pensions this is how much money and I believe in that state of the city address I mentioned a figure of perhaps eight thousand eight million excuse me eight million dollars plus uh, that would be needed oh, ten years from now in order to underwrite the uh, pension demand so uh, we're trying to be certain that we're staying ahead of that now it's also important back to what you just asked me about the building about the growth uh, I look at such things as property taxes and growth in businesses, payroll tax, and those kinds of things. And we, with additional revenue, will be able to handle a portion of that. There will be need over the, uh, the months and even years to come for us to take what the state allows in tax increases with property taxes. I don't lie to our folks about that. As our demands increase in, in City Hall, we'll have to have the revenue to meet those demands. So, but I believe the people are willing, when you're transparent, and when you explain to them why you're doing what you're doing, I believe they're willing to go along with you. You were active in the League of Cities, even as yes. a city commissioner, and have been for many years, and they have uh, been pushing and appear to be in an uphill climb to get more flexibility for cities in terms of uh, being able to raise revenue. Yes. One of those avenues is a restaurant, a tax, restaurant tax, and there are others. Are you supportive of cities having that flexibility? Yes, I am, and I, I'm, I'm just concerned. I, I believe, first of all, they're, and I have to say this right, I love all of our cities. Some of the cities of uh, classes that were uh, beyond second class at the time, uh, I believe some of those cities may resent a bit that those, those larger cities might have the same opportunity they have. I hope not. but. We need the revenue, and it would be uh, earmarked. It wouldn't just be revenue to play with. There'd be specific projects for which it could be used, and certainly with tourism and some needs we have in that way in Richmond, we could use that tax. There recently was a lively meeting about uh, a new cable provider has uh, come to town and uh, some residents uh, complaining about some disruptions in their yes. neighborhood and the city is uh, trying to uh, work with them and address that. Yes. I was out for a ride in a particular neighborhood yesterday and then again a few days ago because of the complaints of neighbors registered at our most recent commission meeting. And when I heard the concerns they voiced, I thought, I have to see this for myself. But when I got there, it was really funny because 
a couple of our commissioners also were riding the neighborhood at the same time. And they said to me, Mayor, those things that the people voiced as concerns a few nights ago, those things in some sense have been taken care of. Trash that the uh, contractors were throwing uh, on the lawns and on the street, those uh, uh, diggings that were taking place, the, uh, uh, the mess that was left on the lawns and the driveways, the concrete being torn up and not replaced properly, those things. And we just simply said to the uh, uh, company that's doing that, uh, that's not going to work. So they got right on it, but we'll have to monitor very closely. So some uh, uh, attention and scrutiny has, uh, has apparently assisted with that. The light has been turned on, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor, the, the homelessness issue long been on the radar in yes. Lexington, uh, now a growing issue in Richmond, and I understand there are efforts to try to address it. I am overwhelmed by the response that we received to a forum that we had last year on September 30 on homelessness in Richmond. Since that time, there are some folks, volunteers in Richmond, who undertook the Room in the Inn project, which every night had a church that was open and available for folks who were homeless to check in at the check-in center, which is an office that was provided by the city of Richmond because it was an unused office. They check in, the church is contacted that those persons are on their way or they're given transportation. When they arrive at the church, they get an evening meal. They're allowed to do some bathing, personal attention, personal hygiene. They uh, can sleep, get up in the morning, have a morning meal, and then they're dismissed. Now, we don't have anything that's 24-7 yet, but that, during the really cold and really hot weather, was really a relief for so many. It was truly successful. A report was given a few nights ago in our meeting that said that some of those homeless persons who came through that project were helped to find permanent housing and were helped to find jobs. Now, that's success, so long as we could help one in that way. But there were several who benefited from that project. Big turnaround. Big yeah, turnaround. Right. So we're going to continue. Mayor, you refer to uh, something you call greater greatness yes. uh, for, for Richmond. And uh, this will be our, our final question here. Uh, what do you see in the future? What would you like to see uh, that uh, would lead to that uh, greater greatness, as yes. you say? We have uh, what is, in my opinion, one of the best parks systems around. Crown Jewel, our lake, our uh, uh, park that uh, is around the lake. We have growing industrial presence, but our, our industrial presence is somewhat varied. It isn't all in the same pocket, such as automotive and so on. We have uh, an education system, both public education and the university in Richmond uh, that are exceptional. Our, our public schools at Madison County Schools uh, gets awarded for its, its accomplishments. Wow! And when I see people at meetings such as Rotary and Kiwanis and some of the other meetings, and these people walk up to me and say, now, I'm from Wisconsin, but my husband and I decided we're going to retire here. And I ask why, and they think, oh, it's so nice. The people are nice. There are opportunities. Our focus on the arts, that's important to many people. That's some of the aspects of Richmond that makes me say we're poised for greater greatness. We're great now. We're a great city.
but I think there are better things to come. Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe, thank you for coming this morning. Thank you, Bill, for the opportunity. A, a, a varied discussion, and we appreciate yes, that in your yes. perspective this morning. Yes. And we hope you'll stay with us. The primaries and the presidential primary coming up uh, Tuesday will be very important on the Democratic side. We're back. We'll hear from Greta Van Susteren before we go. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. The race to the White House grows fiercer by the day, and Senator Bernie Sanders is struggling to navigate the latest Biden wave. Our national political analyst, Greta Van Susteren, covers it all. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren, and here is your full court fast break. The winds keep rolling in for former Vice President Joe Biden. Already in the lead, on Tuesday, he left Senator Bernie Sanders in the dust. Biden had blowout victories in four of the six nominating contests. That includes the biggest prize of the night, Michigan. And it's more than a delegate-rich state. It is one Senator Sanders won in 2016 and one he needed this year to stay competitive. Sanders did win North Dakota, and we are still waiting to see who will triumph in Washington. Even if Senator Sanders squeezes out a win there, he will have to fight to catch up in the delegate count. Things are not looking good for him. Four more states are holding primaries Tuesday, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. Sanders lost all of them in 2016, and he's not polling well in Florida, where there are over 200 delegates up for grabs. But all hope is not lost. The progressive senator has Sunday's debate to reignite his base and win over undecided voters. This will be the first debate with the two frontrunners one-on-one, so there will be plenty of time to take Biden to task. And do not forget, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard will not be on the stage, but she is still in the race. Want more Full Court Press? Tune in Sunday. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. And remember that you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Strustren. It will be coming up this morning at 11.30 here on WKYT. And don't forget, we'll, of course, continue our coverage of COVID-19 and all of the latest news on our newscasts uh, throughout the week ahead and on WKYT.com. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. And we'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT this morning. Make it a good week ahead.